0: Right now, I'm essentially in between two cuts, and this is a great time to start thinking about momentum, and when that goes away, and motivation, and how to get those things going. This is the second time this year I've been in this position of being finished one cut and moving on to the next one, and it's always a challenge, and perhaps a greater challenge is when you feel that desire to have motivation, but you just can't get yourself to do it, so that's what I'm going to talk about today. (music) figured this was a good time to talk about the things that can keep you motivated and uh, and on track with a training program, keep you focused, uh, keep you from falling into a slump and uh, doing so when it's hardest. This can mean maintaining uh, momentum when you have it or just trying to discover it when you don't have it. That's probably the harder one. Because of course, when you're in between them, when you're in between cuts, motivation or sorry, momentum no longer is on your side. So when you're looking to uh, build motivation and and, uh, start that momentum train, maintaining seems to me to never be an option. So you always need mini goals to progress towards. One nice thing about being in between cuts is you're generally not in a depleted state. So when you're looking for motivation and you're surrounding yourself and, and starting to look into motivational material and, and absorb things that will help you get into that mindset. The nice thing is when you're not actually depleted, it's easier to weed out this foolishness. Uh, for example, I saw a post the other day, this guy was suggesting that he lost, I don't know, it was like 40 pounds or something, uh, claimed it was due to putting ginger in his coffee just want to elaborate a bit on the idea of the information overload because it it's even worse these days than what it used to be and that's because it used to be the case that when you wanted information ebooks were the place to go to at least when i was first starting out in the fitness world uh, prior to that it would be mostly be books and so on and then ebooks and the internet came out and of course blogs and that. Today the biggest source of a lot of this information seems to be YouTube and there's a lot of tangled messes there and we see a lot of drama as well and so things get lost because people tend to gravitate towards fitness personalities that they like. That doesn't mean that what the person has to offer is all good or If there's somebody that they don't like, it doesn't mean that what they have to offer is all bad. It does mean that somebody with a really likable personality can convince you of something that's not optimal and, of course, the opposite. If someone demonstrates bad behavior, it might turn you off of a lot of their content that might otherwise be something you could make use of. Worse still, you get people getting into these little feuds and then they start bickering back and forth and it's extra foolish because essentially a lot of the times they're actually saying the same thing even though they're arguing. It's very rare that we might see for example somebody say well I don't like the guy but he's right about this. It kind of reminds me in a way of how when things become politicized there's divisions for division's sake. It's kind of like it's getting ingrained into us at this point in time. So the real question is how do we avoid this? How do we avoid getting pulled into this? And the answer as far as I can tell is pretty much the same as how we avoid getting pulled into political drama on social media and that's to take a a step back and usually take a little hiatus from it. Of course that's much easier said than done because any time we cycle off something we're addicted to we go through some withdrawal. But I think the uh, benefits outweigh those costs by a wide margin pretty sure a sewer just leaked somewhere because it stinks like shit at the moment. So how do you create motivation or drive when you're not really feeling it? Well, I actually know the answer. I also know uh, at least 90% of people won't listen to my advice. It's, It's basically that state you're in where you're like, I know what I need to do, but I don't want to do it, or at least I can't convince myself to do it. So the first step would be to take sort of a deep dive into yourself, figure out what do I value at this moment in time. If I had all the spare time in the world, what would I spend that on? If I could talk to somebody about any subject, what would that be? If I could spend my money on things, what would I spend it on, my my spare money? These kinds of things will help you understand what you most value and maybe what you think you should value isn't the same as what you truly do value. This is probably why so many people have found success doing things like buying themselves a new workout outfit or a new exercise program or things they're investing in themselves, they're spending money on something, they're demonstrating to their innermost mind that they value this. So this advice is gonna sound a little bit obscure, but bear with me here. So basically every point during uh, every stage of dieting down, there's going to be negative emotions playing against you. And these, uh, basically any time that I feel negative emotions, obviously they can become very overwhelming. And my practice has been that I've had the most success when I remember to really really think about those emotions and try to think about where they're coming from so in the case of this where it's a lack of energy and uh, or sorry uh, lack of drive lack of motivation we can think about okay well what what might be causing this what might be behind it is it what's the actual emotion is it fear of failure is it dread is it that it's something that we we think is going to potentially the, the, the cost isn't going to match the benefits. Taking time to understand what the feelings are can help us to reframe that and, and view it in a more helpful light. So this can obviously help when we're trying to create motivation. It can also help when we're, if we're feeling sort of discouraged in the middle of a diet when things aren't going our way or when other things are going on in our life and we're just feeling down or, or whatever. We can analyze those emotions, try to figure out, okay, what caused them and. Is that valid? Because a lot of times what happens is we realize that we've either created these kind of internal rules for ourselves that have been violated. Maybe those rules don't make sense, um, or a lot of times we can backtrace and find that we really shouldn't be feeling this way. Emotions are there to protect us, but they're not very intelligent. They happen quicker than rational thought. One of the things we do as human beings is we sort of create these internal rules and when those rules are violated, then we get these negative emotions that there to be alarm bells. But the thing is those rules might not necessarily translate to real life or at least they might not reflect reality. So really no matter what the negative emotion happens to be, I find I've always managed to deal with it best when I've taken the time to let it subside, and then try to understand why I may be feeling this way, and then deal deal with it. So, to follow up on the idea of, okay, well, what if this is dread or fear of of not performing, of wasting our time, of all those things? Well, I think the best way we can think of that, I'm, I'm probably going to make another podcast all about this later, but the keys to success, as far as I can tell right now, to to having a successful transformation cut whatever you want is to make it enjoyable enjoy the cut enjoy the diet enjoy the training and if you do that then the process will be enjoyable and the results will be a bonus actually a quick analogy i just thought of for uh, emotions i'm probably not the first to think of it is, is it's kind of like the pain sensation right we sort of feel pain as a physical sensation before it rationally occurs to us, oh, I'm in pain, right? They act very, very quick. And in the case of pain, it's pretty good thing. Uh, In the case of emotions, often it's a good thing. It's there as a protective mechanism, but it really helps to try to think, okay, what thought might have generated that emotion? Anytime there's something that we feel we should do, something we ought to do, one of the first things our mind tells us to do is that this is something that we we should do, so therefore it's not something we would want to do. And so one of the first instincts is to start rebelling against that. So instead we should think about the reasons why you want to accomplish it and then focus on those. Remind yourself that this is something that you want for yourself, something you choose for yourself. It's not something you have to do. It's something you get to do. Make a habit of creating good habits. Thing is, right now, I'm in between two cuts. I'm not driving towards something specific necessarily, aside from just kind of resetting things, you know, and, but I'm still going to be tracking my food and weight every day because those are the habits that I find work. So, so determine, figure out what good habits work for you and Turn them into habits, make them so they're, they're something that you do all the time, repetitively, and make them enjoyable. You shouldn't be dreading going on a diet or whatever. It should be exciting. So starting a new training program can be extremely helpful when you're trying to uh, find motivation and then keeping in mind that the way you eat is going to either make or break that program. Even if you don't have a specific goal in mind as far as losing weight, building muscle, numbers associated with that, even if you don't necessarily have that in mind, uh, this process can at least help you uh, start implementing the things that will be helpful to your, long-term go- to your long-term desires and make it way easier to start once you do have a firm goal in place. This obviously doesn't have to be a program that you buy, There's lots of different training programs available on YouTube or just make up one of your own. Do come up with something that sounds really cool that you'd like to try out. So what I touched on there, make a new program, make a program of your own. That is what I'm going to more or less suggest is as as my final kind of suggestion here in terms of creating motivation. It's actually been shown that people tend to become the most motivated when they are being creative, when they are feeling creative. Uh, you look at what kind of things makes... And, and now this, to be fair, was demonstrated in terms of workers, what makes workers more productive and and um, driven to do their jobs, and it was when they are allowed to feel that creativity. But I, I do feel that this can be translated into, uh, into the fitness world as well. I was thinking about this a while back and realizing that lot of the people who make it make a living by um, by selling fitness programs and things like this they have that built-in creativity they've constantly got to be updating their knowledge and updating their programs to and to keep their um, business going and so they're constantly feeling in that state of creativity and you see these people are generally continually in good shape not just not just because they, um, yes, their livelihood depends on it, which, you know, that that would work as good motivation too. But also, I think because they're they're regularly exercising this practice of feeling creative. So, making your own program, I really do feel that that will help motivate you. So, if you've never done this before, just let's. Essentially, what you want to do is you want to put together all the elements that you find to be a effective be enjoyable so what what might those elements be how do I do it um okay so when I'm starting out a training split generally the way I started out is by thinking about what my about my split how I want to split my muscle groups up so there's a few different ways to do that and you can how you determine that can be based on well what does the science say works best (laughs) What do I enjoy doing best? A combination of those things. For example, the science seems to say that it looks like it works best if you train every body part. Uh, if you train every body part about, about twice a week. Um, but it also has to do with well, what's the number of overall sets per muscle group? And that seems to be somewhere in the range of 10 to 20 uh, sets per body part that's now that's working sets and that's mainly for hypertrophy again maybe maybe I should take a step back because um probably the better place to begin if you're try, when you're trying to build your program is what are you trying to do what are you trying to accomplish with it and if the goal is to build muscle on that that's sort of what I'm assuming kind of based on the name of my podcast um so you want about 10 to 20 working sets per body part so what's the best way to split that up and how do you want to split up your body parts? Generally, you want to be able to hit each part about at least two times per week. And um, so that's normally where I start for that. Okay, so under this assumption, we're training for hypertrophy, we want to hit every muscle group about uh, at least twice a week using at least between 10 to 20 uh, working sets per body group. So then, then the question is, well, how do we split that up? and uh, the ways are numerous for example if we were to go to one extreme we could say well I could train my full body I could train every body part every day okay then well obviously if that's what you're doing you would have to do it at the very least two times per week to hit the body part twice a week but that would mean to get to the number of sets we need for the volume you'd have to do at least five working sets for each body part that's going to have you doing a workout that's probably two to three hours long and won't be very effective at least towards the end so you can say okay well that's that's too much Uh, what if I say I'll do full body four times per week well then I'd only have to do about three working sets per body part and I could get, then I'd have 12 working sets. I'd hit every pod, body part three times per week. So that's just an example of how you could uh, just think about the process. Uh, a very popular split is to do like a push pull legs. So one day will be pushing movements, essentially chest, shoulders, triceps. Uh, the next day will be pulling movements, so back and biceps. And then the next day will be legs. So you'd hit the quads, the hamstrings, the calves. Sometimes even people will pair up abs with that whatever. So you could do that for three days and then take a rest day and then do it for another three days. And then within the week, you've hit each body part um, twice in the week. And it's quite easy to get the volume that way. So there's, there's countless ways to do it. Actually, my last training program was an interesting way to do it. It was a five-day split. So one day it was upper body. One, the next day was lower body. Then it switched to a three-day split, which was um, why well, I, I eventually wound up making it like like I said, the push pull legs. So I got push pull legs. So uh, again, it was just a different way of getting, of meeting that criteria. The other thing you can think about probably, yeah, probably you'd think about it after this is sort of rep ranges. What kind of rep ranges do I want to work with? Well, again, what are the effective rep ranges in hypertrophy training? And usually it's, it tends to fall between uh, 10 to 20 reps. Uh, you can go a little bit lower. Going a little bit higher usually, I mean, going much outside that tends to have diminishing returns in terms of strength hypertrophy. Well, at least, especially hypertrophy. Um, Personally, I don't like going below about six reps uh, for most of the time. Um, I I find that it it just becomes too dangerous and the stimulation just isn't there. So, um, and then what tends to work better is doing the heavier sets towards the beginning of the training session and then as you start to fatigue then you can stimulate other things like the metabolic stress and that that you can get so you can train for hypertrophy in multiple ways by the the sequence of your training movements so that's why usually you'll see compound movements example bench press deadlift squat towards the uh, beginning of a workout and then the more isolation the single joint movements will be towards the end of the workout where you can Um, really focus on the pump, and the fatigue, and that kind of thing. So yeah, if you haven't, uh, if you haven't tried it before, I really uh, recommend, try making yourself a workout program, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun, it'll be creative, and really, what's the worst that can happen? I mean, it doesn't work? Yeah, probably you'll find it does, probably you'll find it does, and it'll be enjoyable, and worst case scenario, you come up with something, and then after a few days, you're like, no, But what I normally find, because I make my own programs, I customize it as I go. So usually the first session of a new program, I'll be kind of testing out, seeing what weights are appropriate for all the things for the first cycle of a program, whatever that happens to be, usually about a week. And then the next week, I I go and I try to improve upon that, get closer to to the numbers I want to be at that I think will be stimulating the muscle growth. a little bit closer to failure, a little bit heavier, that kind of thing. And then, and as I go, I start optimizing it. So uh, pretty much every week, I'll be like, well, I, I think this work movement would work better here. Or I think uh, this rep range would work better for that or whatever. Like, for example, I was having elbow pain during uh, one of my last cycles. So I'm like, okay, well, how can I address that in the middle of my training program? I had knee pains for, for, geez, a couple of years. And it's like, okay, how can I work the rehab type stuff for my knee into my program and what would that rehab look like so uh, these are lots of things you can work into your program and, and make it as enjoyable as possible so i think i'll leave it there a whole bunch of rapid fire ideas for you the main overarching theme theme being uh motivation getting it and keeping it catch you next time